Creed 2 begins filming. Wonder Woman 2 shooting select scenes in IMAX. And Solo A Star Wars Story will debut at the Cannes Film Festival. All this and more on a new episode of Merc with a Movie Blog. Thank you everyone for joining me again. This is Josh the Merc Rainer, and you're listening to Merc with a Movie Blog. Got a lot of great news uh, in the world of movies today, so I'm just going to jump right into it as usual. First story up, Creed 2 begins filming. Uh, the filming has uh, officially gone underway for the sequel to the 2015 Rocky spinoff Creed, as announced by Sylvester Stallone himself in an Instagram video from the set. The synopsis for this film reads... After stepping out from under his father Apollo Creed's shadow and bringing the legendary Rocky Balboa out of his post-retirement stupor in 2015's Creed, Adonis will face off against Vitor Drago, the son of the man who killed Apollo in the boxing ring, Ivan Drago. Which I think sounds pretty interesting, and it had been rumored for a long time that the Dragos were going to be involved in this uh, in this sequel. So it's nice to, to hear... That is the actual story. Uh, it's going to be Ivan Drago's son. So it's kind of going to mirror Rocky Four a bit. So I, th- I think that'll be interesting. I think it'll pull in uh, the wider audience of, of Rocky fans. N- knowing that this character is back, it's, you know, it'll mirror that kind of a thing and bring in a new audience as well, I think. Especially those who uh, fell in love with the first Creed. Uh, this film uh, is written by Sylvester Stallone and... Chio Hodari Coker, who uh, worked on Luke Cage, and it will be helmed by the Land director Stephen Capel Jr. I don't, I haven't seen the Land, so I can't really attest much to that. Um, Ryan Coogler did the first film, and and he did an amazing job. He's one. He also went on to do uh, Black Panther, which I'm sure most of you have seen, and did did a great job with that. So it was kind of disappointing to hear that he wasn't returning for the sequel to Creed. But hopefully this new guy, Stephen Capel Jr., can live up to what Coogler brought in the first film and give us something even better. We'll, you know, we'll see. On to our next story. Dwayne Johnson is unsure if he'll return for Fast and Furious 9. That's right. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who has made a name for himself in and out of the movie realm is not quite sure if he's going to return for that next film. He's currently working on the spin-off film with Jason Statham called Hobbs and Shaw, which, as the title suggests, will be a spin-off about his character Hobbs and Statham's character Shaw working together. The Rock went on to say, There's no other franchise that gets my blood boiling more than this one. An incredible, hard-working crew. Universal Studios Entertainment has been great partners as well. My female co-stars are always amazing and I love them. My male co-stars, co-stars, however, are a different story. 
Some conduct themselves as stand-up men and true professionals, while others don't. The ones that don't are too chicken shit to do anything about it anyways. Candy asses. Now this, this is something that's been in the news a lot. Uh, There was a feud that had been going on between Dwayne Johnson and Vin Diesel. A lot of people speculated that it was something leading up to WrestleMania, which actually just took place last night, and obviously had nothing to do with that. So uh, this is something that I believe... It is a really is a real feud. It's something that spawned on the sets. I think Vin Diesel was probably a little jealous that The Rock came in and got way more star power over him. People loved that character of Hobbs and wanted him more. Whereas Vin Diesel was the one who started this franchise. But sometimes it seems like people forget about that. But you know, you gotta you still you gotta conduct yourself professionally when it comes to stuff like this, or you can ruin your career. And if if Dwayne The Rock Johnson chooses not to come back for Fast and Furious 9, I do believe that it could hurt the box office somewhat. Not saying that it'll tank the film in any way, because it probably won't. But I do think that it could affect the box office in, 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 in some way. Now, Vin Diesel is not the only cast member that Dwayne has had issues with recently. On I think it's on Instagram and probably on Twitter as well. Tyrese went off. He, I think he had like a like some sort of breakdown, and he just went off on The Rock about taking this spinoff film because when they announced Hobbs and Shaw, it pushed Fast and Furious Nine back a year. Now it's not like it's 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 not like it pushed it back five years or or completely shelved Fast and Furious Nine or something or anything like that. But because it sh- it pushed it back a year, it Tyrese felt that it, what he was doing was affecting his livelihood and his ability to, you know, pay his child support and things like that, and and, and putting him in, in in a tight bind. And I'm assuming that mixed with some other issues that he's had going on, it was the straw that broke the camel's back, and he just he went off about it. So with. These two main stars of the franchise at, at odds with The Rock. I, I totally understand why he would consider not coming back. It's a shame, but you know he's got to do what's best for him. He's got a great career, and I don't think uh, anything's going to stop him from continuing on. And he doesn't really—he doesn't need the Fast and Furious franchise. The Fast and Furious franchise needs him. Fast and Furious 9 is due out April 10th of 2020, while Hobbs and Shaw will hit theaters on July 26th of 2019. Now, speaking of sequels, another sequel in a big franchise is getting ready to be made, and that's Indiana Jones 5. For those of you who enjoy the Indiana Jones franchise, I'm sure most of you were disappointed with the fourth chapter that's, that co-starred Shia LaBeouf. Now, most of you will probably want to just forget that that even existed, and I'm hoping that this film will help you do that. Uh, In an interview with The Sun, uh, Steven Spielberg confirmed that the fifth film in the franchise, which begins production uh, April of next year, so a year from now, will be Ford's final stint as the character. Now, this has been something that's been rumored for quite a while. He's been... His career's kind of been slowing down. He wanted to get out 
of Star Wars. He, you know, he has been wanting to get out of Indiana Jones. So I understand why he's getting up there in his age. So I understand why he'd want to end these big franchises and let them either just kind of die out or or start anew. Um, Spielberg went on to say, This will be Harrison Ford's last Indiana Jones movie, I am pretty sure, but it will certainly continue after that. So the franchise, Spielberg has plans to continue the Indiana Jones franchise after Indiana Jones 5, which means that they're either going to reboot or recast, or he's going to hand the baton off to a new generation. I honestly think I would rather see a reboot happen. You know, you want to see that young Indiana Jones. You want to see him fighting Nazis and things like that. Now, one of the things that I have heard is that there are talks that the next Indiana Jones could be a female, which I think is interesting. You know, for those of you who know, Indiana is not his actual name. So the name Indiana Jones could still work with a female. And I think it would be really interesting. I'm sure there's lots of people out there who really don't want that to happen. It's similar to the James Bond scenario when they've talked about making James Bond a female, making a Jane Bond. But this is one of those situations where I really think it could benefit from having this new take on it. So I, I, I'm excited to see where it goes and what Spielberg decides on. And uh, you know, I'll definitely be checking it out. Indiana Jones hits theaters on July 10th of 2020, so you got a couple of years left before that one even comes out. So I'm I'm excited. So we're gonna stay in the world of sequels. It's a it's a day full of sequels today. A new Saw film is in the works by Peter Goldfinger and Josh Stolberg. Uh, these two wrote the most recent sequel, Jigsaw, and are apparently hard at work on yet another sequel in the Saw franchise. Um, now, the Spirit Brothers, who directed Jigsaw, are reported to not be returning for the new film. I'm sure that they have gotten some big offers out in Hollywood, so they probably want to move on to something else, which is understandable. Now, I'm sure most of you are guffawing at this story. A lot of people, not big fans of these films. I, however, I'm, I am a sucker for these, for these Saw films. Horror is my genre. And I've always enjoyed watching these films. It has a complex story. Not everything is great, obviously. But I, I've enjoyed following this, this weird, complex story throughout the years. And when Jigsaw was announced, I was really excited. And when I went and saw it, I actually really liked it. It was, it was one of my favorite Saw films, to be honest with you. It's probably in the top three Saw films out of the... Was it eight? I think that are out right now. So I'm 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 excited to see what what happens with this. And to be honest, it makes sense that they would want to continue this franchise. The first, uh, Jigsaw had only had a ten million dollar budget, but it brought in a hundred and three million dollars worldwide. That is a huge success, tenfold over their budget. That is something that you cannot scoff at you have you you see something like that and that is money they're raking in money with these kinds of films and if you look at the franchise as a whole all eight films combined had a 77.7 million dollar total budget and raked in nearly one billion dollars worldwide 
their worldwide total for all eight films is $976.3 million. That's crazy. That it's, it's insane. It, and it would be stupid to not continue. Have a new a new series of some sort. Maybe the, the thing is that they have to come up with a good story. Jigsaw, I thought, was done really well mixing the past and the present to really tie it to the Saw series. But where are you going to go from there? Are you going to stay in that kind of that weird time frame where it's still inside the Saw universe so that they can use Tobin Bell? Or are they going to move forward with a, maybe a protege of some sort? He had several of those. They could do something like that. I think it would be interesting. And maybe the events of Jigsaw spurs this protege to go back out and start continuing Kramer's work. I mean, it's very possible. And I'm definitely interested to see where they take it. Our next story deals with one of the biggest films of 2017. And that is the sequel to Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Woman 2 is reportedly going to be have select scenes shot in IMAX. And this is not the first time a superhero film has done this. Christopher Nolan shot large chunks of The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises in IMAX. And even the upcoming uh, Avengers Infinity War is going to be the first movie to be shot entirely with IMAX cameras. It's a big thing. IMAX cameras versus regular cameras, there is quite a bit of difference there. Um, it affects the difference when they have to convert. It can affect the quality of the picture and of the sound. Now... Wonder Woman was released in IMAX 3D format, but it was not filmed in IMAX. And the distinction here is that more often than not, studios will simply just stretch their films to, to, to that IMAX format rather than actually filming it in IMAX because it is cheaper. And as I said, doing that does affect the quality of the picture and the sound. So it would be nice to see some of these grand scenes of Wonder Woman 2 shot in IMAX because I know that the ones from The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, they, they've looked incredible. And I have to say, I am super excited to see Avengers Infinity War in IMAX. As it's the first movie to be shot entirely with these cameras. And it's going I think it's going to look spectacular. Patty Jenkins uh, is coming back for Wonder Woman 2. And is bringing back Gal Gadot as the Amazon warrior, of course. They also cast Kristen Wiig as the main antagonist, Cheetah, and Game of Thrones actor Pedro Pascal in a currently undisclosed role. Uh, this is something that we talked about on last week's episode, about how there's a there's been a lot of rumblings about who his character is going to be, whether it's Vandal Sta- Savage or even someone like the male Cheetah, which is who... One of the, that's that's kind of who I'm hoping that it is, so that we can see Wonder Woman and Kristen Wiig's Cheetah you know, battle and then have to come together to fight off Pedro Pascal's cheetah. I think it's something that could be really intriguing and can really set apart the two films to show how different Wonder Woman 2 is and, and the types of things that this character can can do and the types of situations that she can put, be put in. Wonder Woman 2 will open November 1st of 2019, so there's plenty of time for that one. Speaking of 2019, the Terminator reboot sequel has been pushed back to the fall of 2019. 
According to The Hollywood Reporter, the Terminator reboot will now hit theaters on November 22nd of 2019. The film was originally scheduled to premiere on July 26th of 2019. Original stars Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger will reportedly be joining the franchise, uh, along with newcomer Mackenzie Davis in the currently untitled film, which will serve as a direct sequel to Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Uh, this is very similar to the upcoming Halloween uh, sequel, which is going to be a direct sequel to the original Halloween film and will star returning cast member Jamie Lee Curtis. So it's not like it's unheard of to do something like this. So I'm, I'm definitely intrigued to see uh, what they do with this as the last couple have really not been very good. Uh, part 3 was okay, but you haven't had a great one since Terminator 2 which is what this will be a direct sequel to, which I think is fantastic. Also, Deadpool director Tim Miller will be the one helming the sequel, and James Cameron has a credit uh, for the film's story and will serve as a producer for the first time on the franchise since Terminator 2 Judgment Day. So hopefully we'll be able to get a bit of that flavor from, from T2 into this new one and allow it to kind of flow seamlessly from film to film instead of having to deal with all this weird time stuff that they did in the later films. Cameron and Miller have discussed how they want to re- the reboot to take the franchise in a new direction. They want Schwarzenegger's Cyborg to have aged over the course of the film series instead of acting like the Terminator from the earlier movies. Miller said that the Terminator embracing his age will make it interesting and fresh for the fans. So hopefully it'll be something better than what they did in Terminator Genesis with the old Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm really hoping that uh, Tim Miller can do something good with this film. I loved his Deadpool, so I'm hoping that he can do a, a just a great, a hard rated R sequel, the the T3 that we want and deserve. Last up in our movie news, Solo: A Star Wars Story will debut at the Cannes Film Festival. Solo will be the third film in the Star Wars series to premiere at at the Cannes Film Festival after 2002's Star Wars Attack of the Clones and 2005's Revenge of the Sith. It will premiere in a special screening on May 15th before the picture makes its global premiere on May 25th. The Ron Howard-directed origin story stars Alden Ehrenreich as the young Han Solo, the role made famous by Harrison Ford, who we talked about earlier. Donald Glover will play Lando Calrissian, and Game of Thrones star Amelia Clark, Woody Harrelson, Paul Bettany and Dandy Newton will also star in the film. Now, I'm pretty excited for Solo. I know a lot of people had their doubt, have had their doubts about it, but after seeing, you know, the footage, after seeing, you know, images and things like that, I'm I'm really excited for it. I love Star Wars. You know, not everything that they do is great, obviously. I'm not an, a prequel apologist or anything like that. I definitely have issues with the prequels. But I think these stories, these Star Wars stories, as they call them, their anthology series, I really am enjoying what they've done with it. I loved Rogue One, and I think Solo will be a damn fine film. And I think it'll be a great addition to the Star Wars lore. And to see what these characters were that we know and love, Han Solo, Chewbacca, Lando Calrissian, seeing the Millennium Falcon in the, in the past, seeing... What they were doing before Star Wars A New Hope. 
I think it's going to be really interesting. We're going to get to see how Han becomes the man that he is, how he becomes this scoundrel. And I think that it's one of those films that people just need to give a chance to. Just wait till it comes out and, and see it. Because you, you're you not going to know whether or not it's good. And you got to hold off on these expectations. Don't go in there thinking that it's going to be this horrible movie and writing it off right from the get-go. Just go in, open-minded, and try to enjoy the film. If you don't enjoy it, so be it. But don't write the film off before you see it. And speaking of Solo, A Star Wars Story, as we move into our trailer segment, a new trailer for Solo has just dropped. And I want to talk about it a little bit. I really enjoyed this trailer. I thought it was fantastic. The color palette of the trailer was great. The music in it was fantastic. The performances looked solid to me. I'm really enjoying Alden as Han Solo. I know a lot of people have their doubts about him. But I'm really enjoying what he's bringing to it. Donald Glover as Lando is great. Hearing uh, Han talk about, uh, mention Chewie's age, I thought was a really cool little touch. That made me chuckle a little bit. I, I enjoyed that. And I really am excited for what they're going to bring to this film. So go out, check out this trailer. It's up right now. You can check it out on YouTube. It is fantastic. And I hope that it sways a lot of the doubters about this film into going to see it. The next trailer I want to talk about is a new comedy starring Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish called Night School. This film is about a guy who's going back to school to get his GED. And it just it looks hilarious. I, I, I really enjoy Kevin Hart. Not all of his stuff is good. He's kind of hit or miss, but in general, I do enjoy him. He is a funny individual. And Tiffany Haddish is fantastic. She was great in Girls Trip. And I think that the two of them together will really bring something special to the screen. So I'm a bit of a sucker for comedy, so I'll definitely be checking this one out. So go uh, check out that trailer and let me know what you think. And the last trailer I want to talk a little bit about is The First Purge. Now, this is the latest film in the Purge series, and it is a prequel, and it will take place during, you guessed it, the first ever Purge. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying I have enjoyed the Purge films quite a bit. I really liked the first one. I loved the second one, and I liked the third one. So if I was going to rank them, it would be the second one, the first one, then the third one, in that order. So, no matter what, I have enjoyed the film, all three films, in one way or another. So when I heard that they were going to be doing a prequel to show how this all started, I was pretty excited, you know. I don't have, I'm not somebody who hates prequels or, and things like that in general. If you give me something good, rock on. If you've ever seen Final Destination 5, you know what I'm talking about. Now, for this, the trailer did not do much for me. It had some, you know, a few cool shots in it. It showed, you know, had a few interesting story beats, but overall, the the trailer just didn't quite sell me on it. It didn't quite feel like The Purge. Now, maybe that's because, you know, The Purge hasn't existed yet until this. And so it's hard, maybe it's hard to show that, that, that feeling of, of the past films 
without it being there in the first place. So I'm interested to see what they do with it, and I'll obviously check it out. But the trailer really didn't do anything for me, and I wasn't, to be honest, I wasn't really impressed with what I saw from Marissa Tomei. Now, I love her as an actress, but I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's a miscast. We'll see when the film actually comes out or if it's just the scenes that they showed in the film. But overall, I wasn't a hu- I wasn't thrilled by what I saw from her, so we'll see where it goes from there. Now it's time for the weekend roundup. That's right. It's time to break down all the box office results from this past weekend. And there were four films that opened wide this week. We had A Quiet Place, Blockers, Chappaquiddick, and The Miracle Season. Uh, Currently, I've only seen one of these films. I watched Blockers, which I'll be talking about a little bit later after the weekend roundup. And I'm going to see A Quiet Place uh, later tonight. Um, But Chappaquiddick and and The Miracle Season I have yet to see. Chappaquiddick looks interesting. It's about the Kennedys, about Ted Kennedy and all that, and the controversy that surrounded him. And The Miracle Season... Uh, I believe is a soccer film. Uh, I think I've seen one trailer for it. I don't really know much about it. Now, of these four films, only two of them were able to make it into the top five this week, where the other two, which were Chappaquiddick and The Miracle Season, only managed to hit the number seven and number 11 spots, respectively. Chappaquiddick was able to bring in $6.2 million in his domestic haul, and The Miracle Season brought in four point one. Going down the list, starting from number five, we have, at number five, I Can Only Imagine. This is the faith-based film that's been out for four weeks now and managed to bring in another $8.3 million. This is impressive. Most faith-based films have a good start. first couple of weeks tend to be decent because there is an audience for them. But the problem is that a lot of them aren't very good films, so they peter off pretty quick. And from what I've heard, I can only imagine, is actually one of the better faith-based films out there. And has stayed in the top five for the four weeks that it's been out so far, which I think that's pretty impressive. So it may be a film that I check out eventually just just to see it. Um, These types of films are not the types of films I tend to go toward, but I might at some point check it out simply to see what all the fuss is about. Uh, this it has brought in $69 million worldwide on on a $7 million budget. Then every weekend it has gotten it has broke its budget every single weekend it's been out. And that is something that is extremely impressive to me. So I definitely wanted to talk just a little bit about that. And the number 4 spot, we've got Marvel's Black Panther, of course. It's been out for 8 weeks and has yet to drop out of the top five, which is one of the most impressive things, I think. Uh, Black Panther, like I said, eight weeks in the top five, and has officially beaten out Titanic at the domestic box office, taking the number three spot behind uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens and Avatar, and is now the highest-grossing domestic, or the highest domestic-grossing MCU film to date. It brought in $8.4 million this weekend for a domestic total of $665.3 million. 
and a worldwide total of $1.3 billion on a $200 million budget. This is crazy. This movie is fantastic, and it deserves everything that it's been getting, but it's just it's been just steamrolling through everything, and it's just really interesting to see where we are as a society that has allowed the, a film like this to flourish, and it's, it's fantastic to see. Black Panther has also made it to the number 10 spot on the worldwide box office list and is now the third highest MCU film worldwide behind the first two Avengers. And that is something that I don't think anybody saw coming to hit this high. And it's still chugging along. It's still raking in money. It very well could be Age of Ultron. It's very possible So we'll see in the coming weeks how Black Panther actually does. Number three is the new comedy Blockers. It brought in $21.4 million on its opening weekend and $32.1 million worldwide on a $21 million budget. So it made, domestically, it made what it spent on its budget, which is, that's a great start, especially for comedy. Now, if it can hold and keep that pace up, and bring in some more and make that budget back, I think that'll be great. You know, it's, it's definitely it's an R-rated comedy, but it is something more than that. And I'll, like I said, I'll talk a bit more, a bit more about that uh, when I go through my review of it. The number two this weekend is the Steven Spielberg film Ready Player One that brought in $25 million this weekend for a worldwide total of 391 million dollars ready player one only dropped 40 percent from week one to week two so which is it which shows that people want to see this film it's holding it's gonna make money and i think that the people that doubted what this film could be i i, I think you need to relook at it because this film is great i loved it so much nostalgia but I also really enjoyed the story behind it and I never read the book so I don't know you know what they changed I know they changed stuff and I know some of the people who read the book were not happy but as a film and that's the way you have to look at these things as a film I think they did a great job with it so go out and check this one out but before you do you need to go see number one a quiet place. Now, I'm going to see it tonight and I've heard absolutely nothing but great reviews about it. I've heard it's one of the best horror films in the last decade and this is one of those things that I am so excited for. John Krasinski, I've loved him ever since The Office and so I'm really excited to see where what he does for this directorial debut. And this is actually the second directorial debut this week. Blockers was a directorial debut as well from uh, Kay Cannon. So I think that's kind of interesting that two films, directorial debuts, hitting in the top three and doing very well this week. Uh, Quiet Place, like I said, made $50 million, which doubled the original box office predictions for this film, which is something that's just insane. Uh, And it has brought in currently $71 million worldwide on a meager $17 million budget. It has tripled 
its budget just in domestic and quadrupled it worldwide. This is fantastic news for John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, and I hope that he goes on to do more horror and then maybe branch out and do more, you know, do some other things because I think he's got a, a bright future as a director. Now I want to move on to my review of Blockers. Blockers is a new comedy that's just been released by director Kay Cannon, who is the writer of the Pitch Perfect films and has also served as a writer and producer on the hit TV comedies 30 Rock and New Girl. And as I said before, this is her directorial debut. And what a debut it was. I loved this film. This has become my favorite comedy of the year. Uh, Previously, it was Game Night, which was just a fantastic film. But Blockers has become my favorite comedy of the year and is now my number three for overall for the year so far. Granted, it's it's April, so there's plenty of time for other things. But this movie was such a surprise hit. I was kind of actually worried about it at first. It looked like American Pie with girls. But the problem was that in American Pie, the parents weren't running around trying to stop their teenage sons from having sex. Whereas in this, that's the whole premise of it. And it kind of bothered me at first. I was like, it looks funny, but the premise bothers me a little bit. But don't worry. There is actually a, a, a strong female empowerment message inside of this film. You get everything that I was worried about was is actually a, directly addressed by one of the characters played by uh, Sarah Yu Rao, who plays Mitchell's wife. Mitchell's played by John Cena. And she she just goes off on them for the exact reasons that I was concerned about how, you know, the double standards between boys and, and girls and, and the way sex is viewed and everything like that and how girls have to be have to be protected from it, but boys are allowed to go out and have as much sex as they want and, and are encouraged to. So I was very, very happy to hear or to see that they addressed that and the way the film moves along the way it flows and then the way it wraps up it really it really accentuates that in a, in a way that I truly enjoyed and the the humor in it is fantastic there was, I laughed so much I saw it with a you know not even a packed crowd it was there was probably I don't know maybe 20 to 30 people in the audience but we were all laughing so hard it sounded like a full crowd so if you love comedy, you love laughing, go see Blockers. It's, it's got John Cena, Leslie Mann, Ike Barinholtz. They are all great in this film. And then the, the young women are played by uh, Catherine Newton, Geraldine, I'm going to, sorry if I butcher this name, it's Geraldine Viswanathan and Gideon Adlin. And they all do great jobs too. Now, the other things that I really enjoyed about this film, besides the humor in it and and the great performances by all the cast, is that not only is there a strong female empowerment message, it's also got a nice little coming out story, which I thought was cool. And it's nice to see stuff like that being weaved naturally into, into stories like this, and I think it fit really, really well. So... If you got the opportunity, go check out Blockers, all right? 
Well, I want to thank everybody for sticking with me, for listening to my podcast. This is Josh the Merc Rainer saying thanks again. Remember to follow me on Facebook at Merc with a Movie Blog, on Twitter and Instagram at Movie Blog Merc, and check out the website www.mercwithamovieblog.com. And always remember, see more films.